On today's show, DeJounte Murray gets traded to the Hawks. What are the Spurs doing? Is Pop on board with it? Then, Jalen Brunson's taking meetings now? What does that mean for the Mavericks, the Knicks, and now the Miami Heat? That and more on today's free agency E version of Locked on NBA. Let's go. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment below. Let us know who's your team, who do you want in free agency, what's your dream today, what do you want to happen. Locked On NBA is partnering up with Arcade One Up to give away three free NBA Jam Shack Machines. That's right, three free ones. These are the guys that are known for making incredible retro three-quarter scale at-home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and many more. Enter to win at arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on. Arcade, the number one up.com for your chance to win. And as always, on a Thursday, joining me, host of Lockdown Bulls, what you got for me, Pat, the designer? We got so much to talk about, and there's so many out-of-pocket trades and signings that might happen it is <laughs> the free- nba is again gonna look different it is free agency eve uh the tenor of my voice has changed it's more of like a raspy like we're really like doing like late night jazz because it's a late yeah. ni- it's a late night version of locked on nba because we're waiting for all the rumors to come in uh let's start with this one right here Dejounte murray gets traded to the atlanta hawks for danil gallinari three first round picks that go back to the San Antonio Spurs for DeJounte Murray. What was your reaction to this trade? And then what do you think about DeJounte in Atlanta now? Uh, I'm a little bit confused because I'm trying to figure out, right, like where um, the defense is going to come into that backcourt. I mean, I like DeJounte as a defender, but he's going to have to really hide Trey Young. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how they work all that out. But that's going to be the fun part of next season, right? As far as the Spurs go for me, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're, you're, you got rid of DeJounte Murray to hope to find a young player like DeJounte Murray. Wambanyana. <laughs> Wambanyana. They're, they're, they're tooling up, man. They're getting ready for Victor Wimanyana. Like, that's, that's what they want to do next year. But I want to stick with the Hawks for a little bit because you mentioned the defense. Like, Trey Young has just been exposed in, in the playoffs, exposed in the, you know, the regular season a little bit defensively. He made it to an Eastern Conference Finals, so like it's possible to win with him on your team for sure. But you got to get the for right sure. defensive back backcourt mate with him. They went and got Dejounte Murray, like one of the best, made an All Defensive Team. I think like his rookie year, yep. and he was an All Star this past year. Um, this guy comes in, and if you want someone to cover up for Trey Young, this is the guy to do it. Like, who else in the NBA is one available and two as good at a defensive player, and also gives you a little bit offensively too. They struggled when, you know, when Trey Young wasn't on the floor. It's like, okay, who else can can handle for us? Like Bogdanovich was kind of a disappointment for them. Like Kevin Herter wasn't as good last year, and like all these different little disappointments here and there on their yeah. team took that Eastern Conference, you know, playoff team last year to the disappointment that they were for their fans this year. And so now you have Trey Young who needs to be covered up on defense. You have DeJounte Murray that needs to be covered up shooting. And Trey Young, like, spreads the floor more than anybody but maybe Steph Curry, right? Like, and Damian Lillard. Like, he really can step out far and give some space for DeJounte to drive. 
Um, they're still trying to make a move for John Collins, but I like the backcourt. People are trying to say now, like, okay, well, where does this backcourt rank in all the backcourts in the NBA? I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going that that quick. I want to see them play together, but but it's, it's a good pickup for the the Hawks for sure. I, I think that's the biggest question mark around it for me, right? Like, yes, Dejounte Murray is an excellent defender. You can't take anything away from him. But, right, like, you're, you're possibly out on John Collins being there. We've heard that Capella might even be on the move at some point, right? Like, you, you're trying – I'm looking at the roster, and I'm like, all right, so you're basically just saying that DeJounte Murray's probably going to be one of the better defenders on this team, and we'll figure it out from there, it's right? Him, so it's it, DeAndre Hunter and, like, and Clint Capella. That's a pretty good building block for a defense, right? Well, it depends on if Capella sticks around. I, I think I, he will. I think he you will. know what I'm saying? Like, that that could be a whole other thing there. If, if Clint Capella's not on that team, maybe they go a different direction with it. So I think the Hawks are going to be an interesting team. I think the question for me uh, around the Atlanta Hawks, most, in, most out of anything, is how long are you going to give this team time to gel? You think about this Atlanta Hawks team two years ago. I'm sorry, like two years ago. It's not 10 years ago. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that team is basically no longer here. So so this team's going to take a little bit of time to gel. Yeah, you need multiple ball handlers. I think DeJounte's probably a better ball handler. I'd rather see Trey kind of operate off ball and, and be the spot-up shooter and, and the great shooter that he is. But how long are you going to give this team an opportunity to gel before you hit the panic button on it? That's going to be the biggest well, question because these guys are going to need that moment. Especially if they move John Collins, right? Like right now, the only real move is – bringing in DeJounte Murray. And I feel like that yeah. that move may take a little while to gel, but if John Collins doesn't move, it's like the same team coming back just with DeJounte instead of, um, you know, Gallinari or, or, you know, and then that's kind of But it. we've heard they're still it. mad active in the in the trade talks. Yep. I think uh, we heard that Miami's now in on John Collins. By the way, everybody's in on John Collins, by the way. Like, the guy, the guy's playing 44 and 50 games a year, but everybody's in on John Collins at $100 million a year. <laughs> Bulls are too. It's fine. The Hawks are not in. They're the only team that, that's not in. Yeah, on the Collins. Hawks are the only team not in on John Collins anymore. Um, so, but I like I, think, I like that lineup. I like that lineup, and then you bring in Herder off the bench, you know, a Kongwu off the bench, trying to figure out like who. Okay, you got to got to fill out that bench in a couple other ways. But uh, I like the team that they've put together right now, and I think they they've definitely taken a step forward and a big step forward. But they traded three first round picks. Like this is a this is a win now move. Like win win now. Like they're gonna like hamstring themselves for a while to make any other big moves. I think I think there's still a question mark around it, right? I think this is a this is a better team than maybe what you came to the table with last year. But again, last year you were a playing team. Granted, there were injuries that caused uh, uh, you to be in some of those positions, but you were still a playing team. I don't think this gets you very high. I don't think that this is a championship level move. I think it's a move to try and get you there, but it's also based on what you get back if a John Collins deal does come down or if you convince John Collins to stick around. There's a, I think this is a good move to put you in the right direction, but there's a lot of other moves that need to be made for me to feel better about this Atlanta team being a win-now team. Yeah, we'll see. It feels like they need one more scorer. It feels like they need one more like shooter. Um, but we'll see what else they do. They have a lot of other moves. It's there's rumors flying around them with John Collins and things like Everywhere. that. Everywhere. <laughs> the the other side of this is that now the Spurs young all star just got traded, right? Like, and they you know they talk about okay, let's rebuild, let's let's do a rebuild in San Antonio. Dejounte Murray's twenty six. Like it's not like he is this thirty year old. Okay, he's not on the timeline of the rest of these guys. You start to go through the drafts that the Spurs have had over the last couple of years and. Uh, they have a type. Their type is like the six four to six six, you know, guards that they keep picking, like Derek White yeah. and Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell, and they took two of them this year. 
Uh, and DeJounte Murray was like the first one in that line of all these type of, of you know wing guard combo type players that they've taken. And so now they've moved on from him. And I think they're just I think they're just all in on trying to get Victor Wembanyama in, in next year's draft. Like that's the guy that everybody wants. And I think they're like, all right, let's just get as many picks as we can. They have a bunch over the next couple of years. It's not it's not Presty level Thunder with, with the amount of picks that they have, but they got a lot coming up. And so I think that that's just their whole thing. The interesting part of it, though, is according to Mike Finger, he said, can report that Greg Popovich gave his official blessing to the Murray trade. And while nothing is guaranteed, obviously, he's completely on board with coaching a bunch of kids next season. I'm, I, I think this is the wave of the NBA. I think it's a poor wave. I'm intrigued by that with Pop. I think that Pop, <laughs> I, I think we all keep saying, yeah, Pop's done. Yep, he's finished. Yep, he's done. Pop's like, I'm not going anywhere. You can <laughs> like, stop who trying said to retire me. Ooh, yeah, man. who said I was done? Listen, I got this thing started. I'll finish it where I started. <laughs> um, but I, I think that the interesting thing here is, right, the noncommittal to DeJounte De, Murray as they move on from him. Yeah. Instead of trying to build around him, you essentially said, yeah, we've got some young pieces on this team and get rid of him. Let's get younger pieces on this team. Going the tank route, essentially, like you said. And I'm, I'm just not a believer that that works. I'm not. The process has not worked. There's no championships in Philly. It can get you back to a decent level team. But I'm not one to believe that by getting becoming the worst team in the NBA, you will one day become the best team in the NBA because we've never really seen it work. You know where it worked one time? Where at? Starting at center, number twenty-one from Wake Forest, Tim Duncan. They yeah, they did that. They went. They were the worst team. That's it's not a tank though. Very different situation. I David think, Robinson yeah, got I mean, injured. David Robinson got injured. When your star player gets hurt, guess what? You're going to be a little bit worse of a team that season. So for me, right, like I I look at these tank jobs and I'm like, these don't work. They don't get you in the right direction. It takes five or six years for you to even figure out if these work. And the problem is you don't have any veterans on your team because you want to be as bad as possible and you know that veterans will make you better. It's interesting. We'll see what happens in San Antonio. Again, you can go listen to Locked On Hawks for all the Hawks side of this. Locked On Spurs with Jeff Garcia is going to have great stuff on the Spurs. So go check out those podcasts if you're interested in these moves. Coming up, let's get into Jalen Brunson. You can listen to Locked On Mavs if you want, but we're going to talk about it right here. Uh, he's taking meetings with the Mavs, the Knicks. It was a done deal. Maybe it's not in Miami. What does it mean? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Arcade 1-Up. Boom. Shakalaka. NBA Jam is back, and you can get it at your house. You can get one of those consoles that you see at arcades. Remember when you were a kid, and you'd go to, like, a roller rink, or you'd go to, like, a bowling alley, and you'd see those, and you're like, dang, that'd be cool to have in my house. And then you see, like, these famous people, and you see their houses, like, uh, oh, who's the guy that was on Lockdown Bulls? Uh, Lamar Morris. Lamar Morris had one of these in his house, and I yeah. I saw it in one of the in, a, in an interview that he did, and I was like, dang, that'd be so cool. It'd be cool to be like a celebrity with a bunch of money to get one of these. You can get one of these. They start at just three hundred ninety nine dollars. It's not thousands and thousands of dollars to get one of these consoles. They have Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and even more. Go check it out. And we're giving some away. We're giving three away. You can go to arcade the number one up com. So arcade one up com, but it's the number one slash locked on arcade one up.com slash locked on enter your information and you'll be entered to a chance to win a nba jam shack edition this is the big one this is the one that everybody was going to want in their house you have until july 8th to enter so don't wait do it right now arcade the number one up.com slash locked on all right 
right, Pat, we're getting into the Jalen and Brunson talk. And if I haven't had enough of it over on Locked On Mavs, we're diving into it yet again. Uh, it felt like it was done. Felt like it was done. They've been writing on the wall, and there's reports from Chris Haynes, Woj, McMahon, Tim Cato, like Mark Stein, like everybody around the NBA that you would expect to have Mavs news had that Jalen Brunson is leaning towards the Knicks and is going towards the Knicks. Then the Knicks are in, you know, talks to with Detroit to get off of Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel's contract, the two last guys they need to get off the books in order to make this offer to Jalen Brunson. Yep. Seemed like it was done. Seemed like it was a done deal. And now all of a sudden, reports that Jalen Brunson is going to take meetings, like free agency pitch meetings. Like, what was the uh, what was the pitch meeting they did in with for Kevin Durant? Like straight up in in Boston. What are the, uh, like they're going to go to the, they're going to go to these meetings. They're going to wine and dine him for the Mavs, yeah. the Knicks, and Miami. And big for Mavs fans that Mark Cuban plans on being part of these because if you remember. A couple years ago, they were going after Darren Williams when he was an all-star, and Mark Cuban couldn't show up because he was filming Shark Tank. Apparently, they've, they've worked it all out with whatever network they're on now, and he's going to be at these meetings. Um, I'll just ask you real quick. Do you think this is just a formality? Um, I think that the Mavs one is definitely just a formality. Oh, um, the hurt. The hurt well, in my heart. Here, here, here's the reason I'll say that. Not to say that Jalen Brunson is leaving, but I think the formality is more of Mark Cuban is the kind of owner, and, and I'll tell you this, I respect the heck out of it. If you're going to leave me and I feel like I will give you big money and you're going to leave me for another organization, you have to tell me to my face. So I respect, I've always respected how Mark Cuban operates with that. He'll pull up on you and be like, no, I want to know. You, you leave it or not. Chandler I Parsons, tell Miami me if you're will, leaving or not. Yeah, he's got he's crying as he says it, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna he's gonna show some emotion uh, on there. I don't know if he was crying about that one. <laughs> he was, he was, okay. You wanna go to Memphis? You wanna get paid that much money? Go ahead, man. Max or nothing. Um, but I think the Miami one might be a little bit uh, more serious because I think that when you think about him going to the Knicks, yes, he's gonna make a hundred million dollars. He's gonna be a nice player. All of that. Perfect. Great. Knicks are terrible. Knicks are gonna be terrible with Jalen Brunson. They're not going to be that much better. Julius Randle doesn't make that team better. Hate to tell you, Knicks fan, your team's not very good. They're not – I'm, I'm going to say it. They're not very well coached either. Sorry, Tibbs. I hate to tell you that. But it's it's a poor organization. It's a poor team. It's a poor job. On the flip side, Miami can win. Jalen Brunson going there and being paid a decent salary and being able to go out there and have an opportunity to compete for a championship, I think that that's more of an option. I would say Dallas, to me, is a better option, whether the Knicks is a done deal or not. I think that's up in the air. Uh, I think this is number four, number five episodes in a row you've been able to bring up Tibbs in some way, shape, or form. Bang! <laughs> you just, you just <laughs> nailed it. Uh, for, for this, for me, with Jalen Brunson, it's either... He is trying to cover his tracks because, um, according to Tim Cato, the athletic, Dallas has known for weeks that he was leaning towards the Knicks. And according to Chris Mannix, the Knicks like made a pitch to him that he'll have the ball in his hands and get to be the featured point guard. And like, oh, wait, we're making pitches? Like Already pitches have been made? Pitches have been made to free agents already before free agency is open? What does that mean? And so it's either a formality to say – hey, I'm going to go through free agency. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go. To so that way it doesn't seem as blatant as the Kyle Lowry thing with Miami last year where they lost a pick or the Lonzo Ball thing with your Bulls where they lost a pick or uh, it doesn't seem just like that. So it's either that or 
And this is this is the fun one that I've just been I'm, I've been touting on Lockdown Maps for weeks. That's my conspiracy theory music. This has been a long con, a long con by Rick Brunson, Jalen Brunson, CAA, and all of it. CAA is Brunson's uh, agency. Leon Rose was like the god of CAA, and then he became the Knicks front office. Um, Jalen Brunson's agent is Leon Rose's son. So there's a ton of different connections. Tibbs hired Rick Brunson to rejoin his staff now back with the Knicks. There's a whole bunch of different connections. But yeah. the, the conspiracy here is what if all those are coincidences? Okay. What if all those are not just so that they can go get Jalen Brunson, but what if they are all setting up to get leverage so that the Mavericks and specifically Mark Cuban will pony up because he's going to be up against the luxury tax. And people know Mark Cuban doesn't want to pay the luxury tax very often. They haven't done it since 2011. They're just trying to get some leverage and using the Knicks in whatever way they can to build leverage. And this is the last chance to say, hey, they're going to offer us four for 110. You come back with four for 125 or five for 125. We'll go back. That's our number. And, and Brunson will come back to the Mavericks. But if Cuban box and says, you know, we're only doing four years, $22 million each year. What is what's that? That's like the four year one, the five year 110. Yeah. And he's like, no. But this is the, this might be the last chance. Like if it's, if this is real and he's really still considering it, it'll be interesting to see. But that's my conspiracy theory that it's just been a big long con leverage play for weeks, even all the way back to this story with Rick Brunson and Tim McMahon, where Rick Brunson was like, they didn't offer us the extension, and you know we would have taken it in January and not in February, and, and they're being like, okay, well, what's okay, Rick Brunson, whatever you say, man, um, could be a long con. I hope it is for the Mavs' sake. I, I think I think the the biggest part of that is that Thibs like hires Rick Brunson to do it, and at this point he's just like I kind of hate all of you at this point, so I want you to have no one. <laughs> that would be the best part of it. That would be the perfect part. <laughs> and they made those other moves either for nothing or they were going to do them anyway. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what's going on with Miami. It would have to be it would have to be a sign and trade. I I don't even I. The cap would have to. I can't even see like a, a path. <laughs> well, I think honest. that's that's the biggest question, right? Say say your con is right, which I think there's an opportunity that Jalen could come back. Did the Knicks just blow up their team for nothing? Are they about to? Or or is there a Carlos Boozer deal well, they, in their forum? They punted on one first round draft pick. They could have had Duran this year. They punted on that, but the rest of their team is kind of intact. Like they didn't really get anybody get rid of anybody else that matters. So I'll push back on that part. Well, none of them matter. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think we may need to move on. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Ayton is, was made a restricted free agent by the Phoenix Suns, but according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Suns are reluctant to offer DeAndre Ayton a full max contract. Teams are gearing up for a sign-and-trade scenario involving Ayton. According to Woj, quote, there's, a max, there's max money out in the marketplace for, De, for DeAndre Ayton. Pat the designer, where is it coming from? The Portland Trailblazers. It's the one team that I think needs a big man and seems like they refuse to fully rebuild, even though they kind of gutted the rest of their team. Um, but I think that if you're going to do anything and you're going to keep Damian Lillard happy and give him the best chance to win, I've said it for probably 10 years at this point, go get him a big man that can stay on the floor and be healthy and give him solid production. Nurkic is an excellent big man. Nurkic can't stay healthy throughout a full season. Go get him a DeAndre Ayton. Pair that with what you already have in Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, very young player, able to make some moves on that team as well. 
That's the team that Portland needs to see. If anybody's going to throw the most money at them, it needs to be the Portland Trailblazers right now. A sneaky, interesting one to me is the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got a bunch of random contracts. They have Beverly at thirteen million, Beasley at fifteen point five. They have the Russell at thirty one million. Like if they can figure out something with that, I don't know if they can sign and trade that contract back, but. They got a bunch of contracts, and the Wolves have been after some bigs. They've talked about Clint Capella. They've talked about Rudy Gobert. So if they're in for bigs, this is going to be a big swing for them. Um, and him and Cat in the front court it would be that's that's a throwback to a center combination we haven't seen in a while. I would I wouldn't mind that because I mean like Aiton operates a completely different space than Cat because Cat's the best shooting big there is. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that lineup and and I think it would cover up a lot of Cat's uh, inefficiencies on the defensive end. I also lean to the Toronto Raptors because it seems like they're kind of in on stuff like this. They got OG who they were there's talks about him, Gary Trent, both of them at seventeen million. Yeah, Ken Birch at six point six. Like there's a couple contracts in there they could throw together and get get enough to do a signing trade because the signing trade don't have to do the full amount of, of the deal. So. The, the interesting quote, though, came from Brian Windhorst, who said, the Suns think they can find another of other centers who can give the type of production Aiton does. Do we think that's true, or do you think that's just posturing from them to try and get Aiton down to a number that's reasonable to them? I feel like on the first part, we've missed an opportunity to play count it up and uh, count how many centers there, <laughs> there are that can give them this production. Uh, but I do let's think... Let's do it. Count it up. <laughs> Um, I think this is more of a leverage deal. I think there are there are a lot or a leverage statement. Yeah. Trying to posture and say that we don't need you. Um while I don't think that the uh that Aiton is the best center on or uh in the league by any means. Right. I do think that he puts up really good numbers. There's not a lot of centers out there on the market that are putting up that level of number give you giving you the production to be on the court for most of the season and giving you some big games in the playoffs, although not enough in my opinion. So I think that's Phoenix trying to say, we don't need you. We don't want, get out of here. Get out. What was that? Was that old yeller or like, uh, no, what it was, was that? Uh, Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> I don't need you anymore. Get out of here. Get you dumb here. animal. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that 30 rock episode recently. I love that. Uh, all right, coming up, let's play our favorite game every single week. Count it, up. count it up, where we count out the most interesting, fun things in the NBA. James Harden taking less. What does it mean for the Sixers as a title contender? And Dante DiVincenzo just just getting set free like Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> we'll talk about that and more coming up. Before we do, let me tell you about Sakara. Sakara is uh, is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body. Good Lord. I need some Sakara right now. I need some food as medicine. I, just, I may need just like straight up medicine right now. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic, plant-rich nutritional programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results you want. They sent us some boxes, and I got to try some salads. I usually am not super into salads, but I like these. They have a bunch of snacks. They have plans that you can get where it says, hey, this is what you eat for breakfast. This is what you get for lunch. This is what you get for dinner. If you're into that kind of stuff, they just have straight snacks that you can get in packs and pouches. So go check it out at Sakara. They have powerful plant-rich ingredients to help boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Got to get that glowing skin. Summer is here. 
Uh, all right, Summer uh, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when you go to sakara.com slash lockdown20. Enter code lockdown20. That's number two, number zero at checkout. Sakara, S A K A R A dot com slash lockdown20 to get 20% off your first order at sakara.com slash lockdown20. All right, Pat, we're getting into our third segment. We talked about. DeJounte Murray trade, we talked about Brunson, we talked about Aiton. Now let's get to our favorite segment every single week. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Where we count out the most interesting, fun things in the NBA. Let's start with James Harden. ESPN sources say that the Sixers star James Harden has declined his $47.3 million option and will become a free agent, but he keeps the real possibility of negotiating a deal that would deliver the Sixers roster-building flexibility in free agency, including the use of the full $10.5 million um, that's the mid-level exception, and this is the this is what I want to count up today. According to Sham Sharania, Harden's sole focus: win a title in Philadelphia next season. Harden returned to his workout and on-court regimen much sooner than is usual this off-season, pouring his full focus on a 2023 NBA championship run. Pat, count it up. How much did this one quote change your consideration for the Sixers as a title contender? Because honestly, I read it and said, oh, did I just, did I not consider them a title contender? And then read Descendants, and now I consider them a title contender again. What's, what's a negative percentage? <laughs> um, negative percentages work in negatives too. Yeah, percentages do, they do, yeah. Negative 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have no expectations on Philly being in the NBA Finals next season. I have no expectations on Philly making the Eastern Conference Finals next season. I think Joel Embiid's an amazing player. I think James Harden is going to come back for an interesting deal, but James Harden has been on three teams in four years and he's essentially destroyed all of them now. So, yeah, I, I'm not buying the, uh, the, the we're going to win a championship next season. He'll be at a little baby concert in about six months. His full focus, his full attention. He's back early. He's working out. You don't believe in James Harden to get back? Like One of the big things is he was just out of shape last year. He's been out of shape the last two years. It's been the problem. He's and, been out of and shape. here we go. Here we go. He's back in shape. Listen. He's not, he's not buying it. Prove it to me. <laughs> Prove it to me. I, I'm, not, I'm not a believer in, oh, I wasn't focused on winning all of a sudden. Like, why'd you go play with Kevin Durant then? So uh, that's just me. It seems like the Sixers have another move in them too. There's talks about Tobias Harris. There's talks about them with uh, PJ Tucker is the big one. They'll probably use that that mid level exception on, which fine. But uh, yeah, there's there's more moves for the Sixers. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But James Harden back in shape. You buying into it? Pat's not buying it. Kind of buying it. Hey, James Harden, let me know how Sakara tastes. <laughs> not, not buying it is the Sacramento Kings. According to a league source, the Kings will not extend a qualifying offer to shooting guard Dante DiVincenzo. He is now on an unrestricted free agent uh, per James Ham. So, make it make sense. How much sense does this make for them to just not even tender him an offer? Like, make him a qualifying offer to make him a restricted free agent. He's just unrestricted now. He can just go anywhere. It makes perfect sense. We'll talk about the Sacramento Kings, right? <laughs> I mean, Aww. this is... This is this is par for the course, if I'm not mistaken. Listen, and this is coming from a team that had a really bad organization. Like that's a really bad organization. We're not gonna pick Luka Doncic because we got beef with Pop in the old country. Is that a fire? We're, is, we're that, go- is that a Gar Pax tattoo that you have on your hand? <laughs> uh, a Gar Pax. 
<laughs> I, I guarantee you it don't say that. It, it's guard packs <laughs> with an axe in the middle. That's what it is. But no, I'm 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 not surprised by this at all. You know what I'm saying? Like I I I when I saw it the day, I was just like, makes sense. <laughs> It totally makes sense. And by the way, appreciate you for helping out whatever team does get Dante DiVincenzo. It didn't make any sense to me, so I had to go to Matt George. He's our Locked On Kings host. He said, it's one of these three things. He said, it's either the Kings have a deal in mind to fill the the starting shooting guard spot and they need the cap space, so they decided not to tender him an offer, or Monte McNair just wasn't impressed by DiVincenzo and doesn't want him to come back. They're just like, hey, we don't think that you were good enough, so we'll just let you go. And Matt, Matt comments, in parentheses, dumb. I agree with that. Then he says, Dante DiVincenzo and his camp are angry at the Kings for last season's rotations beyond repair, and he said that's terrifying. It's one of those things, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what it is for the Kings, but it doesn't really make any sense to me. We'll see what happens. Next, Bradley Beal is going to decline his player option to sign a bigger deal. Uh, Fred Katz used to cover the the uh, Wizards. He did the Wiz- he did the thun- Locked on Thunder for us, and then yeah. he went to go cover the Wizards. Uh, now he covers the Knicks now, I think. He tweeted that with the $123.6 million salary cap next year, a max for Bradley Beal would mean $250.9 million over five years. So that means his year one salary would be $43.3 million. The year five salary, Pat the Designer, $57.1 million in year five for Bradley Beal. So is Brad Beal worth $57.1 million in his 34 year old season? Um, you're hoping to win by then. Uh, the salary cap will be going up. Unfortunately, um, NBA players make a lot of money. So that's going to be the going market for a lot of these top players. Bradley Beal's the top shooting guard in the NBA. Pay that man his money. $57 million. I just can't, I just can't imagine. Like what if something else happens? Like what if there's, I don't know, like some other kind of like world event that happens where the cap just stays the same, and all of a sudden, like fifty-seven is about half. Those are those are the risks you got to take, I guess. When when you're talking about playing big boy ball, you have to ask yourself the question: Are you better without them? If that's the price that it's going to cost you to keep them, you got to pay the price it's going to cost you to keep them, and you have to do a better job with team construction of putting that team together. You can't blow up every team that, that, that doesn't make an NBA championship now. <laughs> just seems wild to me, but that's what the Wizards got to do, I guess. Uh, last one. Kobe White apparently is, uh, is on the trade block. He's been on the trade block for a while. You guys are trying yeah. to trade him during the ultimate mock draft. The yeah. real Bulls are trying to trade him during the draft. Uh, the Lakers are apparently interested in a, Tim, in a Taylor Horton Tucker for um, Kobe White swap. On a scale of one to five, how in are you on this kind of deal coming from the Bulls side? Two and a half. Same dude. <laughs> um, T- Taylor Horton Tucker plays a different position. He's, he's going to be a different level of player, right? But uh, Taylor Horton Tucker had a poor shooting percentage last season. I get that it was with Frank Vogel and bad coaching, but he was very inconsistent. He was up and down while playing the most minutes of his career. I get the shots were changing and things were different, but I don't feel one way or the other about it. If Kobe White does stick around, Kobe White stuck around. If we trade him for Taylor Horton Tucker, we've now got Taylor Horton Tucker for Bulls fans to point their ire at at some point in the season, <laughs> I guess. But it, it, it doesn't change much for me because Kobe was a pretty inconsistent player. Horton Tucker was an inconsistent player. You're getting them pretty much at the same point in their career. You just want to try something new on that side versus having the same thing that you had last season. So it, it kind of gives me the, the, the same vibes, I guess. It, it doesn't do too much for me. 
Uh, Kobe White's a little like a year older than Taylor Norton Tucker. Taylor Norton Tucker's more geared towards you know defense, so maybe you get yeah. that, and maybe you just flip like you just reset on the player and say, hey, well instead of this guy that can fill it up, we get a guy that can defend and see if we can develop the opposite direction of what we're trying to do with Kobe White, but. Um, yeah, it's just, that's essentially what it is. Like you, you with Kobe, you have you know he's a defensive liability at times, and if he's not knocking down the shot, he's useless out there. Um, whereas on the well, I mean, if there's not a use for him, he's, he's a guy that needs to score. I don't know a different word for it. he's he's not as effective out there. Um, but on the flip side, right, Horton Tucker might be a guy who is a he's still able to give you good defense when he's not playing well offensively. If he gives you more offensively, you feel better about it. So I guess you get that there. But again, same kind of player. My Bulls need scoring and rebounding. <laughs> Lots of stuff happening around the league. We have a podcast for every single one of these teams going five days a week. Pat hosts Locked on Bulls. You can check out all the stuff they're doing over there. I host Locked on Mavs. You can check out the Brunson saga that just continues on us and just continues all the time. Uh, so go check it out. Go make any either any of those shows your second listen. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on NBA. Boom. Peace.